Good morning, Trinidad and Tobago, and welcome to the debut of the Strictly Legal Show, hosted by yours truly, that's me, Rondell Donawar, on WESN Content Capital. That is WESN Content Capital, the premier content capital station of the century. I am so excited to be a part of the West End family, and most importantly, be your host in what will be described as an informative, entertaining, and much-needed series to help you, the citizens of this great country. Now, now, I am an attorney at law by profession, and this program, which will be aired on Thursdays at 10 a.m., is geared towards highlighting legal issues that affects you, the citizens of Trinidad and Tobago. Now, these issues have direct and or indirect consequences and effects on every individual. And of course, each week, I will be joined by learned guests who are legal professionals or who are professionals in other areas and who are knowledgeable in various areas of law. And trust me when I say this, you will be amazed by the wealth of information you can gain from this program. Almost free legal advice. <laughs> and guess what? You, the viewers, will also have the opportunity to join in the discussions and ask your questions. So these are exciting times ahead. Now, to start off today's episode, we will be talking about gender-based violence and remedies. And you know this is something that has been constantly in our news where women, especially, have been killed, have been abused constantly. And Commissioner of Police Gary Griffith, at a press conference on the 8th of December 2020, issued alarming statistics. Imagine that almost half of the women killed in Trinidad and Tobago in 2020 up to the date when that conference were held, were killed through domestic violence. Now, this is alarming, and the numbers continue to rise. Now, Griffith said 46 women were killed, and 21 or 45% were killed in domestic violence situations. He said in each of the 21 cases, nothing was reported to the police by people who might have been aware of the victim's circumstance. And we asked this question, why? Now, on the 21st of January 2020, exactly one year today, the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service launched a new unit tasked with handling cases of gender-based violence and domestic violence in this country. The newly formed Gender-Based Violence Unit, which is the GBVU, and its mandate focused heavily on domestic violence cases and breaches of restraining orders. In addition to victims making reports to the unit, Members of the public with information on domestic abuse also can bring that information to the police so they can act on it. Now further, due to the alarming rate of domestic violence cases and the public outcry as to the efficiency of the TTPS and its legal remedies, Parliament in June 2020 sought to debate and pass the Domestic Violence Amendment Act, which is an act to amend the Domestic Violence Act to, pro to provide, sorry, emergency protection orders and related matters. Now, joining in the discussions of domestic violence and gender-based violence, I should say gender-based violence because it's both male and female, the role of the TTPS and the role of the courts in access to justice are my guests, my two guests, Mrs. Candice Barat Nahus, an attorney at law of over 10 years who engages in civil and family practice and Acting Woman Superintendent of Police, Mrs. Claire Guy Allen. I'm sure you see her all the time. And she heads the Gender-Based Violence Unit of the TTPS. Now, let's take a break. 
And when we come back, we will delve right into the discussions. And welcome back to Strictly Legal, and I am Rondell Donawa, attorney at law. Now, as I said, we have two guests, Mrs. Claire Guy Allen and Mrs. Candice Barat Naus. Uh, Mrs. Claire Guy Allen, good morning. Good morning. And how are you today? Fabulous. I'm grateful to be alive. Once any any day above ground is a yes. happy day. Good, good. And Mrs. Barat Nahus, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank, thank you guys for being here. And congratulations to the TTPS, uh, Mrs. Guy Allen, on its first year anniversary yes. of the um, Gender-Based Violence Unit. Yes. So tell us, um, Trina and Tobago, what exactly is the Gender-Based Violence Unit and what work have you all been doing thus far? Well, the Gender-Based Violence Unit was launched by our esteemed Commissioner of Police, Mr. Gary Griffith, on the 21st of January, 2020. And we welcome it within the TTPS. This is one of the things that uh, is done to transform the TTPS and modernize the TTPS into 21st century policing, you know? And that is, that is something that we welcome. The gender-based violence, we investigate intimate partner violence that is committed with partners that are in relationships or ex-partners. So we do the investigation of violence that is violated to them. I know, um, Mrs. Guy Allen, we've seen a lot of times where persons are calling or, or state that they've been calling the, um, or making reports to the police service and there has been nothing happening and it's only after death or only after something serious then the police starts to take things seriously. Now how can you assure the public that the, that new unit of the TTPS is actually working to alleviate or at least to make, the, at least to make them known that domestic violence is serious? Well, at the Gender-Based Violence Unit, we operate with a zero-degree tolerance policy. Once a report is made, we immediately, the law, the law says that once a report is made, the police must investigate it, and we do exactly that at the Gender-Based Violence. And could you give us some statistics? Now, we've, now I've read earlier um, that there have been a lot of murders through domestic violence, but what about domestic violence reports? How often do the police service get those reports and what are the numbers like? Well, for 2020, we have investigated 2,622 reports. Oh, that's a lot. That's mm -hmm. a lot. That's we a lot. have effective uh, close to 283 arrests. And out of those arrests, we have like about 380-something 380 charges. Now, persons might ask, 2,000 and something, and then they look at the arrest. But we have a lot of things happening with the investigation. For example, we would have where victims would come to us and they would say, um, I just want the perpetrator to be warned. Right. They do not provide statements because remember, these matters are criminal matters that are taken before the court and the threshold is very high. It's beyond a reasonable right. doubt. So we must have evidence, documentary evidence, to go before the court. And of course, the victim has to be the one to, to provide, provide that. that report, unless it's something very serious where the police yes. acts. Yes, yes. No, Mrs. Um, Barrett Nahus, you are an attorney at you law as well as Candice. Now, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you 
I mean, I've read your story sometime in October 2020 where you would have um, come out and state that you were also a victim of domestic violence. Yes. Now, if you can just touch briefly on how did that affect you um, in, in terms of that situation? Um, it's, it's a funny situation where, I mean, I'm sure that each person is different, but at the particular time that it happened to me, because it was a relationship that was about a year and a half long, and there was a lot of emotional and mental abuse before it became physical, so it may have been about a year of a constant taunting, threats, cursing, that sort of thing. And at the point that it became physical, I think for me personally, my, I really couldn't come to terms with what was happening. So in a way, there was a disconnect for me. And almost nobody in my life knew what was happening. And there was something that you're just going through the emotions day by day, and you know what you should do, there's a logical part of you yes. um, that says, okay, this is, what would you tell, for example, a sister that was going through something like that, or a best friend, yes. or anybody? Um, but then when it's actually happening to you, it's a, it's a strange thing where sometimes you, you can't really come to terms with it, or you sometimes are in denial. And I think one of the problems, um, it wasn't particularly for me, but one of the things I can definitely see is the social response to women um, who are victims of domestic violence. And I've repeated for the last few years that I genuinely think that we live in a very um, chauvinistic, misogynistic mm -hmm. society where, as it pertains to women issues, for example, domestic violence, rape, even murder, the victim is often blamed. Blamed, of course. And mm -hmm. that sort of it's shame, it, it takes away, um, it, you, you aren't empowered as a woman, want to talk about what's happening to you or to, to leave because you, you feel like it's your, your fault, like what am I doing wrong? And one of the reasons why I felt that I needed to come out was because statistically or, or, or just based on what society may think, I am not a typical victim. You know, I, I'm, I'm educated, I'm a professional, and you would be surprised as to how many women who are doctors, lawyers, engineers, businesswomen face domestic violence, which is something I learned when I came out of my and then And then they don't report it, yes. right? So therefore, a lot of times when things happen, and we blame the, the police service, mm -hmm. right? And the police service were not even aware. Yeah. Now, it, it, now, it, now it boils down to the definition of what gender-based violence is. Right, um, Mrs. Claire Guy, uh, Guy Allen, I know that, and I will touch on the, the, the amendment to the act. Now, gender-based violence is not just about physical violence. No. Now, tell me what, 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 what are the types of, of, um, of, of acts that would involve gender-based violence? Well, we have the physical act, which will be the punching, the cuffing, the kicking, the choking. Those are the physical acts. And then we have the ones that you don't see. That's the psychological abuse. Yes. I think, that's, I think that's worse. <laughs> that's the worst. Yes. Because, you know, you have persons, spouses calling each other names. Yeah, and they're dealing with your psyche. That's a whole lot for, you know, a survivor to deal with. We have the sexual abuse. We have the financial abuse where one spouse is going to withhold cash from another spouse. So, you know, domestic violence, persons, when they hear domestic violence, they feel it's about physical alone, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's not. And, um, and the government would have passed uh, the, in 2020 the Domestic Violence Amendment Bill which would have expanded the definition of domestic violence. Very so. Um, now, tell us more about the act and how is that act, how is the amendment different to the old act, um, Candice? Of course. So, 
that amendment, the 2020 amendment, um, brought much needed reform in terms of domestic violence. The previous act, the 1999 act, yes. um, it, was, it, was very, it was very narrow in its definitions, for example. So I know Ms. Allen just touched on what is domestic violence um, and the different acts that would fall into the category of gender-based violence. And one of the things that the amendment sought to do is expand the categories of what is domestic violence um, and even, for example, emotional abuse yes. and psychological abuse. And therefore, um, previously, when you would have gone to court um, under the 99 Act, you would have had to fall within those very narrow definitions of what abuse was. And it has to be, it has to be a relation Yes. There must be a relation to the individual. So that was also mm -hmm. another another change, um, a fundamental change by the amendment, in that um, it widened greatly the categories of persons or the ambit for applicants. So therefore, before you again, it was a very narrow um, definition as to who can be an applicant. Mm -hmm. And now, can you tell us who can now be an applicant? Of course. Yes. Um, so it's basically anybody within a domestic, uh, sorry, a domestic relationship. And that now includes not just a spouse or ex-spouse, um, persons in a visiting relationship. Previously, you had to prove that that was um, for a period exceeding 12 months. Now there's no such, um, there isn't qualified. Um, it now includes persons like father, mother, brother, sister, in-laws, grandparents, um, nephew, niece, those persons. Friends, so if, you know, included, or, or gender. Yeah, mm -hmm. and one, one of the things I thought was, was very interesting and very important is that it also included persons who were under some sort of infirmity or mm -hmm. persons who were under 25 years old but who was, who was still in some sort of education or vocational program and who was therefore dependent on the respondent. So therefore, it wasn't just someone who was a dependent or somebody who was over 18 years old, but someone who was directly dependent so that if you are being abused by that person, it affects, for example, your educational or vocational prospects, which I think was very important as well. And also I note that the, um, the applicant can be an ex-friend, so it doesn't have to be the person themselves, but someone else can apply right, on, their, on behalf. their behalf. So that even in terms of children, um, it, it can be a parent or it can also be the children's authority can apply on behalf of a child. And one of the, I mean, there, there are many important changes that, that really was much needed. But one of the things is also a mandatory reporting provision mm -hmm. where if you are in a certain relationship and, for example, if you are a parent or a child is under your control, for example, and you know that there's a domestic violence situation as it pertains to the child, um, you have to report that. And if you do not, um, there's, I, I believe it's seven years imprisonment Prisoner. and I think $15,000. And that fine. is where the Children's Authority and the Police Service will come in. Mm -hmm. Now have, now Mrs. Claire, Mrs. Um, Guy Allen, Claire, has, have, have you experienced since the, the amendment of the act, these type of changes whereby um, you will have had other people um, making reports we, on behalf of, of victims? Yes, we have mm -hmm. seen that. And that's a good thing because, you know, far too often you're going to hear neighbors after a death occurs, you're going to hear neighbors saying, you know, I used to hear so-and-so or I used to. I'm pleading to the public, please, 
If you see something, say something. We have had instances where public, including the family member or friend, who would make a report on behalf of a survivor. And when the police, when we go to the survivor, the survivor may downplay the abuse. Mm. Downplay the abuse. That's okay. We the police officers, we are professional, and we are here for whenever the survivor is ready to come forward. As Crystal said, it's, it's not an easy thing for a victim or a survivor to come forward and make a report, you know. But do you think that, that the law can, can be amended whereby they make it mandatory for a victim to, um, to, to, to report or to um, compel them? Or is I that think, against I the I don't think that that's right? practical mm -hmm. because um, you, are, you as a victim yourself, it is already a difficult time for you. I mean, the act provides that protection for you. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's something where a victim who's now trying to come to terms with what's happening and who's also facing social stigma um, and many other constraints, for example, there may be children involved. Um, I don't think they should be forced into a situation where they, they have to do that. But then what about the perpetrator? Because the perpetrator can only really be arrested on, um, well, of course. Of course, um, if the victim comes forward. Correct. Now, in the police service, has there, any, has there been a situation where the police arrest uh, the perpetrator without the victim pressing charges? I cannot recall that mm. ever happening, um, but I can see it happening in a case like this, where the police would respond and the perpetrator is very violent. The police would Im immediately effect an effect arrest. arrest. Yes, you know. So in those circumstances, it would happen. And um, Candice, uh, do you think that with the amendment of the act, do you think that it is working um, logically in 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 what we call <coughs> now the the virtual system of of the of the judicial access? I think that the timing of the act, the amendment coming into force, was very important because it happened during COVID, COVID yes. which has its own social and financial implications for many households. Um, and one of the things also was the limited court access because for the most part, the courts are closed physically. Um, <clears throat> and one of the important um, changes was that the act provided for many functions to be carried out electronically. Um, so whereas prior to, to the amendment, you had to, for the most part, go to a GP of a magistrate's court, um, make an application, and the matter would come up within two days before the magistrate. Um, and if the respondent was not served within that time, then you basically had to, it was very difficult yes, to satisfy yes. to a magistrate the granting of what's called an ex parte order. Um, and I know when you started the program, you referred to a restraining order. Yes. And that is, I, I should just mention that that is something that, that, that the average Joe knows um, the, the definition of for the term, but it's under the act, it's a protection, order. protection order. So mm -hmm. I mentioned that because one thing you find is that persons say they don't want a protection order, they want a restraining order. Yes. So you know it's important to know that it, it means yes. the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and in addition, they, um, now the, the act would have removed the, the 21 days for the interim yes. order, yes. which is good because Excellent. you find a lot of times that, um, uh, that, that, that the matter keep on a journey, a yeah. journey, a journey, and then, and then you have to the reapply. Yes, and you have to reapply the expiration of the interim order. Yeah. So that is a, that is a main, main um, uh, effect of yeah. the of the amendment, and um, what would you tell persons who are victims of domestic violence how to come forward? I would say that it is not it's not going to change. It's not a situation that's going to change. Abusers, it's a pattern. It's not something that is a one-off because you hear a lot of people say 
um, you know, he said he'll never hit me again. Yes. Um, and even before the beatings, there's the emotional aspect yes. of it. But don't ignore the red flags, you mm -hmm. know. Um, reach out to somebody, seek support. Now there is the, uh, as Miss Allen is here, there is the gender-based violence unit. Police are mandated to, which is another part of the act as well. Um, that police are mandated now to take a report, whereas mm. before they may have said, oh, that's husband and wife thing, yes. you know, yes. um, that's between all you. Now they have, have to do to. that. And you would agree, Mrs. Um, Gayale, that, definitely, that we definitely, to. we have to. And if we fail to, if we fail not, if we fail by not taking a report, that will be a neglect of duty for which we can be disciplined. And it will be an indictment on you as a head. Correct. <laughs> now, I mean, we are out of time. I mean, time flies so quickly. Very quickly. Um, but however, I, I assure you that we will have to come back yes, on this definitely. topic because this is a live topic. So, ladies and gentlemen, we had with me in studio Mrs. Claire Guy Allen, um, acting um, woman superintendent of police, head of the gender-based violence unit, and Mrs. Candice Ambarat Nahus who is an attorney at law by profession. Thank you very much for being my first guest today. And um, thank so you for having you. us. And of course, please be viewing next week, Thursday, 10 a.m., Strictly Legal. We will have more exciting, exciting topics for you. Thank you so much and God bless.